All right, we're going to be in First Timothy chapter four. Um, uh, I'm really thankful for this this new theme, and I'm thankful for uh, our pastor that we have. I'm thankful that every Sunday we can come to church and we can look forward to hearing a quality message from God's word. It doesn't add things to God's word, but that He gives us there. And I appreciate that. I'm excited about the new theme, grow. And uh, what I try to do with this message is really kind of go off of what Pastor said this morning, almost like a, a continuation of what he was talking about. I want to jump behind his goals for, for the new year. And so we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 7 and 8. Uh, growing up, Pastor shared this morning that he went to a, uh, or he was uh, homeschooled, right? And I did not have uh, that. I, when I was younger, I went to Christian school. So basically, I was a public school kid with a uniform. Uh, so I went to Christian school growing up. And uh, when I was younger, I was kind of chubby. I was a chubbier kid growing up. And so when I got to, don't, don't, I know, don't say you were. Okay, Jeremy, I see you in the back. All right. Um, I, I was chubbier growing up. And so when I got to about seventh grade, I, I wanted to start working out. I wanted to start getting built. I wanted to get fit. And so I, I tried to start working out on my own. It really didn't work that well. I would try to do workouts at home and I wasn't seeing any progress. And so I went to school and there was this guy at school who was just absolutely shredded. I mean, he had the biceps, he had the six-pack abs. Uh, all the girls loved him, all the guys hated him, and I was like, I want to be that guy. And so I went up to him and I said, hey, uh, can you give me some tips? Can you give me some pointers? Can you, can you help me uh, try to figure out how to do this thing because I have no idea what I'm doing? And he said, yeah, sure. So he started giving me some tips. He started trying to help me. And then one day he said, hey, do you want to come and do a workout with me? And I was like, yes, absolutely, I want to come do a workout with you. So I went to the gym with him that day, and he said that it was arm day. So we're doing biceps and triceps, right? So we get in the gym, we start working out, we get a half an hour, we finish our what I thought was our last exercise, and I'm like, all right, that was great, that was awesome. And he goes, oh, no, we're not done yet. And I was like, but I'm tired. <laughs> like, I want to go home. And he's like, no, no, we're not done. So we work out another half an hour, right? And, and I'm working out, I'm sweating, right? Everything's going on. And, and uh, we get done an hour workout, and I'm like, all right, this has to be it. We finish the exercise. I'm like, all right, we're done. That's great. A great workout. High five. He goes, no, no, no. We still have to do abs because he does abs every day. So then we do another half an hour of abs. So an hour and a half long workout. And it's my first time working out with this guy. So I am, I am white. I am tired. And he goes, do you want to start working out with me every day? And at the time, at, at that moment, I wasn't really hurting that bad. I was tired, right? It felt good. And so I was like, yeah, let, like, let's work out. Let's do it tomorrow, right? So I go to sleep that night. I wake up tomorrow morning, try to get ready for school. And there's this weird thing happens <laughs> when you work out your arms for the first time. Um, I, I went to go grab my clothes out of the closet the next day, and, and so I went to go pick my arms up, um, but they wouldn't come up. Right? I could get them about this high, and I'm like jumping, trying to like get my clothes off of the off of the hanger, right? Because I couldn't get them off. My arms hurt so bad. And at that moment, I was like, you know, I, I don't think I want to go back and work out with this guy again. Because as human beings, we, we don't like things that that are uncomfortable. We don't want to go back to to do some something that is going to make us hurt. We don't like things that are uncomfortable. And I love reading First and Second Timothy because there's this father and son dynamic, right, that we have between Paul and Timothy. And he, Paul's writing to Timothy, he's giving him some advice to, uh, to pastor this church in Ephesus. He's writing, he's giving him all these fatherly figure advice, right? And I love reading it. I read it before I came here. I read First Timothy because I just wanted to glean from Paul's advice that he's giving to this young man who's in ministry. And so Paul's giving them all these different, different things, but in, ver in chapter number four, Paul begins to talk to Timothy about false teaching. And what Paul tells Timothy is, look, Timothy, don't, don't believe everything that you hear on the religious TV, right? Don't, don't listen to everything that you hear on the radio. Don't listen to every preacher or every person that seems to be religious, right? Don't listen to all of them because some of them 
aren't teaching you what Jesus wants you to taught. And so we get to this chapter in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul's talking about false teachers, but then he begins to talk to, talk to Timothy. He begins to give some advice that, that's not so easy to swallow. He begins to tell Timothy something that, that was going to take a little bit of effort on Timothy. So we're going to start in verse number 7. He says this, But refuse profane and old wives, and exercise thyself rather unto godly. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all, having, pro- having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. My question for you tonight is this year as we're trying to grow, as we want to, to grow deeper in our love for Jesus, as we want to, to grow in our walk with Him every day, my question is, are you willing to do something that might be a little bit? Like Pastor said this morning, are you willing to get out of your time? And what Paul does in these verses is he gives Timothy three truths about growth. And I want to look at those truths tonight. And the first truth that I see in these two verses is that growth will take some saying no. Look at verse number seven. He says this, but refuse profane and old wives. It's clear from this verse that at the church of Ephesus, that there was some distraction going on. It's clear that there were some people in the church at Ephesus that, that they, they, they're just telling these stories. That they're profane, worldly, which that word it can also be translated worldly. They're, they're these worldly and old wives' fables. They're just, they're just stories. And the word fables in the Greek, it's the same word that we get the word myths from. They're these stories that have nothing to do with Scripture. They have nothing to do with anything that's going on in their ministry. There's, they're just these random stories that people, that at one point, they may have been good. They may have been stories that have been told for, for entertainment purposes. They may have been stories that people enjoyed hearing. But now with the church, people are telling these stories, and they're beginning to debate, and they're starting to get distracted on, on these stories that have nothing to do with what's going on. And Paul, in, in the first chapter of Timothy... He gives them a similar warning. He says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is faith. See, these people had become distracted because their focus wasn't what Jesus wanted them to focus. They had become distracted with these stories that had nothing to do with what was going on in the work of the ministry there at Ephesus. And this year, the world, the flesh, the devil, all these things Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of things this year that they, they want our attention. And, and Satan's goal for this church is for us to get so distracted debating and arguing about things that don't matter that, that we don't see that college campus get, get reached for Jesus. Like, Satan doesn't want God's will for you this year. Satan doesn't want your marriage to be fixed. He, he, he doesn't, the world, they don't want your children to grow up in a godly home. The world, the flesh, the devil, they all want us to get distracted with things that don't. Just like the church of and so what Paul tells Timothy is, Timothy, there are some things that you're going to have to say, no, I'm not going to put my focus. I- I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to spend my time arguing and debating these, these old wives' fables when there's people dying every day and they're going to hell, when I, when I have sermons to study for, when I, when I have things I have to do for, for the Lord, I'm not going to spend my time wasted on things that don't. So my question is, is what is that for you? What, what was the thing last year? That you spent so much that it just ate away at all the time that you could have been doing. Maybe it wasn't anything bad. What, what, what's the thing? Maybe, maybe it was too much time on your phone. Too much time endlessly scrolling through TikTok or Instagram when you could have been spending time maybe memorizing scripture. I'm not saying these things are bad. I'm saying these things have their place. 
Like you can do some of these things, but when they begin to take more of your affection than you have for Jesus, that's when you've gotten into trouble. Was it too much time on your phone? Maybe it was too much time watching Fox News. And you began to watch it, and you, and you began to obsess over everything that was happening in the world, and you forgot what was happening here in Brooklyn. What was it? What was it last year that took so much of your time? Was it listening to your favorite radio? Because all of these things, they're, they're not bad things. And there, there are places for us to do them. But when we do them too much, we can begin to get anxious and distracted because we're not doing what God wants. But we begin to stop about what God wants. The day after Gabby and I got married, we stayed in a super nice hotel. We just recently got married, if you didn't know. And uh, we stayed in this really, really awesome hotel. Uh, and, and so we're getting ready to leave. We're going on our honeymoon to, to Georgia. And so there's a parking garage in, in this hotel that we were at. And so as I'm getting ready, we got in the car. We're getting ready to, get to back out. And all of a sudden, this van comes around the corner, right, and just smashes into this steel pillar that's in the, that's in the car garage, right? And so me, being the, the new husband that I am, I'm going to protect my bride. And I said, you know what? I'm not that dummy. I am going to back out of this parking space, and I'm going to do it the right way, and I'm not going to run into anything, right? Right. So I begin to back out, and I'm watching this pillar because I'm not going to run into this thing that this guy ran into. And so my focus is here, 100%. I am not moving my eye off of this pillar, and so I'm backing out, turn my steering wheel all the way to the right, trying to get around this, and all of a sudden, bam! That's the sound you don't want to hear when you're in your car, by the way. And I turn around, and there's another steel beam right here. It's like right next to me, like I could reach out and touch it out, out of my window, because I smashed the front panel on my car rather than the back. See, the reason that I completely wrecked the car was because my focus See, if I, had, if I had been focused on that and everything else around me, then it would have been okay. But my focus wasn't on everything else around me. It was just on that one pillar. And friends, when your focus is off and when you're focused on the wrong things, it can be extremely destructive. So what's your focus going to be? Because if your focus is in the wrong thing, your Christian life may end up like my heart. Broke? My prayer is that that's none of us. The Bible says in Matthew 6.33, Jesus said this, but seek you first and his righteousness. All these things, all the things that you need, all the things that you're worried about, all of those things will be added unto you. But Jesus says, seek me first. Don't seek after those things. Don't seek after the things that are in the world. Don't seek after the things that you're worried about. Seek after me and I'll take seek me. See, it's time for us to stop just saying yes to whatever we feel like. Because Paul's call to Timothy in this passage wasn't for him to just start saying yes and having these conversations about these random old wives' tales. No, his call was for Timothy to start saying no to some things so that he could start saying yes to the right. So, so what is it? Think, what is it that you're going to have to start saying no to a little bit more this year so that you can say yes to some things that are going to change your life and your walk with Jesus and your family? Because this was Paul's heart toward Timothy. Paul didn't want to see Timothy completely ruin his life as a pastor and as a Christian spending time just, just wasting his time. It's not what Paul wanted. And what, what the world and the flesh and the devil want you to believe is those little bad habits don't matter. Those little things, those little things that, that waste your time and collectively over the year you end up spending hours on when you could have been spending hours doing different things, spending them growing your relationship with Jesus. You see, the devil wants us to believe that they don't matter. But I'm telling you tonight, they do. Because you will get to the end of 2022 and your relationship with Jesus will have gone backward instead of forward. And you'll look back and be like, Man, I wish I would have I wish I would have spent less time talking about these old wives. So that's, what is it? What is your old wife? What is it that God wants you to start saying no to a little bit? Not only did Paul tell Timothy that there are some things that, that you're going to have to say no to in order to grow, 
But he also said, growth is not going to be. Look back at verse number 7. It says, but refuse profane and old wives' chambers, and exercise thyself rather, in, instead of going toward uh, these old wives' fables, instead of wasting your time, your, your time, exercise thyself rather unto God. See, exercise is not a word that we like to describe our Christian. Like, if I was writing the Bible, I would not choose the word exercise to describe my life as a Christian. That's not what I want, right? But that's how God does. He said, exercise yourself rather unto godliness. And this word exercise is a really interesting term. See, in the Greek, this word exercise, it was a secular term, much like it is today. And it means exactly what we think it means. It, it, it goes back to the Olympic game, right? And it goes back to these athletes who would train a day after day after day after day, just getting ready for that race, getting ready for the, this, this Olympic game, right? And they would train and they would sweat and they would build their muscles. And Paul describes the pursuit of godliness like that. And it's interesting because this is a little gross, but when you do some research on the first century Olympic Games, what these athletes would do is they would strip down of all of their clothes. Like they wouldn't be wearing anything. And they would go and they would do their workouts to get ready for these things. That way, for the runners, it would get rid of all wind resistance and everything like that. And it was uncomfortable. I mean, can you imagine running out on this track and you're not wearing anything? It's embarrassing. And this is how Paul compares our pursuit of God. Sweaty, sometimes embarrassing, uncomfortable. That's what Paul says that we need to do in order to, to, to get toward God. In order to grow this year, that is going to be what it is. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns all the time. You're going to get sweaty. You may get embarrassed. But that's what Paul says that this pursuit of godliness looks like. Jeremy, let me ask you something. This is kind of personal. What time do you wake up? 3.30 a.m., not p.m., a.m. That's early. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's early in the morning. And Jeremy, I'm assuming when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning every day, you jump out of bed, smile on your face, right? You're just excited to tackle the day. You're skipping out to the farm, right? You're ready to go, right? Is that how you wake up every morning? You're just like super happy about it every day? Yeah. I wouldn't be, I'd probably be dead by now. <laughs> because I can barely wake up at 7 to get to work on time. So um, you can ask Gabby, she knows. So Jeremy, if, 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 if going out at 3.30 every morning doesn't make you happy, then why do you do it? <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Because it needs to be done. That was a good answer. They didn't even, they didn't even do anything like that. That was good. Because Jeremy knows that if he goes out to his farm, or rather if he doesn't go out to his farm, and he doesn't feed those cows, and he doesn't do the things that need to be done, after a while, his farm is going to be a mess, right? The calves are going to die because they're not getting food, right? The fences, they're going to fall down. Everything is going to fall apart because he didn't do what needed to be done. And my concern for us is that our lives as Christians, our hearts, look a lot like Jeremy's farm if we never went. Why? Because we didn't do it. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy. Look, yourself into godliness. It doesn't matter if you want to. I've had people as a dorm student in college, and they would come to me and they would say, Nick, what do I do if, if I don't want to read my Bible? <laughs> read your Bible. And Nick, what do I do if I don't want to pray? Pray. Because Paul doesn't tell Timothy, hey, Timothy, do whatever you want to do and then you'll get to godliness. No, he says, exercise yourself to godliness. That means it's going to be hard. That means it's going to be uncomfortable. That means you have to do what, what needs to be done in order to keep your heart right. And it's going to be hard. But Paul says, Timothy, do it anyway. Interesting, David in Psalm 27, he says this. He says, one thing have I desired 
of the Lord. He's got this desire, right? And he wants God to do it. He's got this desire for the Lord to do something. But then look what he says next. He sa- or listen to what he says next. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek out. David said, I have a desire for the Lord. I want God to do something in my life, so I'm going to seek after. David didn't just say, God, I want you to do something in my life, so, so I'm just going to let you do it. I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and, and God, you have to do it. No, David said, look, God, I want you to do something in my life, so I'm going to seek after it. It wasn't like David could just stop and sit in his castle all day, and then God was going to do something with his life. No, David had to get up. He had to work. A lot like Pastor said this morning, God's not gonna God's not gonna just sit around or let us sit around and do nothing. No, God wants us to do what we can, and then He'll do what we can. He'll take care of the really hard stuff if we would just do what we can do. But it's here's the thing: Galatians five, right? We know is the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, long suffering, and those things. We would describe them as being godly, right? That that's getting to godliness. If we can if we can have love and we can have joy and we can have peace, right? Those are godly things. But God calls them fruits of the Spirit. So those are things that only the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives. And so if the Holy Spirit can only produce them in our lives, then how do we exercise ourselves toward them? Like, how do, we, how do we exercise ourselves toward love if the Holy Spirit is the only one who can produce love in And here's what I believe Paul's talking about when he says exercise yourself to God. The way you exercise yourself to God is the way that you, you get to have love and joy and peace is by growing closer. See, because we can't produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. We can't produce those things. We're too fallen. We're too sinful. We and the only one who can is the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul tells us in Galatians. And so the way that we're able to exercise ourselves to God is by getting closer to the one who can. Is by growing closer to God's faith. And how do we do that? Getting in God's faith. Spending time with Him. Doing the disciplines of the faith. Is sharing the gospel with people when it's uncomfortable. That's how we exercise ourselves to godliness, is doing the things that we know, even when we don't. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. Timothy, exercise yourself to godliness. One commentator, he said, the purpose of spiritual disciplines is intimacy with Christ and conformity to Christ. The purpose. the purpose of our spiritual disciplines, of reading our Bible and praying every day and sharing the gospel and those type of things, the purpose for them is to grow closer to Christ in order for Christ to make us more like. So that's that should be a goal. Paul says, Timothy, look, in order to grow, you're going to have to say no. In order to grow, it's going to be difficult. It's going to take discipline. The third, the third item that I see is that growth will be worth it. Look at verse number eight. Paul says, for bodily exercise, profit at the will. But godliness is profitable in all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that bodily exercise now, I've heard preachers use this, uh, and they say, see, exercising, working out, lifting weights, that kind of stuff, it's a sin, it's wrong, bodily exercise, profiteth little. Um, and normally you can tell that they believe that, by the way they, they look. Um, so, but no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, but I don't think that's what Paul said, because Paul is clearly, from his writings, very involved in the athletics of his day. He always is using athletics as, as illustration in scripture, right? So we know that's not true. So what is Paul saying? When he says bodily exercise profiteth little, what he's saying is, is that it doesn't profit as much. It, it, he's about to make a comparison of something else. And so Paul says, look, bodily, bodily exercise is not as profitable as what I'm about. And he says bro- bodily exercise profiteth little, but godly, but godly is profitable unto all. Paul says, look, exercise, exercise isn't, isn't bad. 
Let's hope it's not, or else I've been sinning a lot without realizing. Actually, not a lot recently. Uh, sorry. Right? Bodily exercise isn't wrong, but what's better is exercising yourself to be more like Jesus, to get closer to the one who can produce godly. Right? You can go to the gym. You can work out. Paul's not telling Timothy, Timothy, stop going to the gymnasiums in Ephesus. Like, that's wrong. No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, Timothy, you can go to the gymnasiums in Ephesus, but don't let that be your number one goal. Right? Don't let your number one goal for the year be, be that diet that you're getting ready to go on or, 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 the, or the workout program that you're getting ready to start. Don't let your, your number one goal for the new year be something that's going to pass away when you pass away. Because what's better than is exercising your job. And he says godliness is profitable unto all. That means, hey, look, look, that diet that you're going on really isn't going to matter in heaven because I, I'm a firm believer of this. There will be no vegetables <laughs> because they don't taste good, right? No, that, that workout program that you're going on, look, it's really not going to matter that when you get to Jesus. That you will not, what will matter are those times at 6 o'clock in the morning and you're waking up an hour before you have to go to work and you're like, no, I want to be God. So I'm not going to go back to bed. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to wake up. Um, it's, it's those times when you get home from work and you have had the hardest day and you're ready to go inside and you know that when you go inside you're going to snap at your wife and your kids and it's those times when you're sitting in your car getting ready to go back in your house and you're sitting there and you know that you should pray and you don't want to but you pray anyway and you ask God to give you grace. that's what matters it's that friend at work that you've wanted to witness to for a long time but you're too scared and you're nervous and you get a chance to finally after all these months you finally get a chance to witness to him and you're scared, and you tell them about Jesus, and it's uncomfortable, and it's awkward, but you do it anyway. Paul says, keep your book those you. You exercise it, that's good. You keep doing it, that's great. You're keeping yourself healthy, but don't look. There's a really cool illustration in Luke chapter. Luke chapter 10, Jesus has these two friends, right? We, we know them, Mary and Mark. And, and these two these two women, they're, they're, one, they're some of Jesus' close friends. When he was here on his earthly ministry, I mean, he loved Mary and Martha. He loved spending time with them. And so one day, Mary and Martha, they have Jesus over for dinner, right? And Martha, when she gets, when Jesus gets there, Martha is running around like a chicken with her head cut off, right? Trying to make sure that everything's ready. She's running around. She's cooking the bread. She, she, she's pouring the Dr. Pepper, right? She's getting everything ready for Jesus to get there. And when Jesus gets there, she's still getting ready. She's still putting the, the turkey in the oven because Martha was a procrastinator and she didn't have everything ready yet. So she's running around. And, and, and Jesus gets there and he sits down and, and Mary comes over and sits down at Jesus' feet and, and Jesus is his disciple. And Mary's just gleaning, she's learning from the wisdom of Jesus. And Martha, Martha comes by and scolds Jesus. And she says, Jesus, aren't you go aren't you gonna aren't you gonna like tell her to get up and help me? Like I'm doing I'm slaving in this kitchen over this hot stove. Like, can you send Mary to help? And here's the Bible in Luke ten, forty one and forty two. Jesus answered and said unto Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is you, and Mary hath chosen, which shall not see what Martha was doing. Really wasn't just food. It would last for that one meal a minute. But what Mary was doing, sitting at the fellowship. So this year, are you going to be like Mary or Martha? Are you going to be running around doing things that really don't matter? Are you going to be like these people in Ephesus who, who are just telling these old wives' fables? Or are you going to be like Mary and Timothy and say, no, I'm not going to spend time doing things, but I'm going to spend time, I'm going to spend time doing things that are going to last for eternity. After that day, working out, I did not want to go back. After I couldn't move my arms the next day, I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'll be my sister. Like, that's, that's my, I don't care. But I went back. And you know what was interesting? It was the next day, or the next week, and we did arms. It still hurt, but the next day didn't hurt. And the next week hurt even less. 
And the week after that hurt even less. Because the more you discipline yourself to do, the easier it gets. And so this year, you have that, that goal, right? To wake up an hour early and read your Bible and spend time with them in prayer and write and you're like, yeah. but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Now, I'm not promising you that waking will ever get super easy, right? But it'll get easier. There, there's going to be days where you start to get excited. You look forward to the time that you get excited uh, to, to, to learn what God's Word says about whatever you're going through. Because the more you discipline yourself to do things, it gets. Paul ends this verse, verse number 8, by saying this. He says, Having promise of life, of the life that now is, and of that which means the most satisfying that we can be more satisfying bodily than eating, food, exercising, it's getting closer to fasting. So Paul tells us, he says, Look, Timothy, growth. Growth means you're going to have growth. Is going to take discipline. Timothy, I promise, growth will, will be worth it. So my question is, what is it? Maybe it's a sin that you struggle with this year on this one done. Maybe it's something that's not bad. It's not a sin. You spend too much that you could be. What is it that you need to say no to? And what are some things you know you need to do? Maybe spending more time. Maybe it's having a prayer. Maybe it's finally witnessing. What is that one thing that you don't want to know you need to do? Because God, Father, Lord, thank you for, uh, for this message.